It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Uh, and this week, we're covering uh, the, the Lared Roundtable discussion about the productivity principle of direction. Uh, I'm your host, David Newby. I have uh, Dave Miller on the line with me. We might have some more people joining us um, in the near future. Um, our verse for this week is Proverbs 20:24, and it states, uh, since the Lord is directing our steps, why try to understand everything that happens along the way? Um, question mark. So let's go ahead and pray on that, and we'll jump in and uh, go over this week's discussion. Um, Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for this time that we have to study your word and study um, the wisdom that's found in your word. Uh, we just ask that you would guide us, give us a spirit of understanding, give us a spirit of humility to learn what you would have us to learn. Help us to apply these principles in our lives, both in our businesses and in um, our other relationships. And we ask that you would be glorified and that you would sharpen us and um, mold us into your image, Lord Jesus, that we may accomplish all that you desire for us to accomplish. We commit this time to you, and we thank you for it. And we pray these things in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Um, If you're new to the call, to go along with us as we read this two-page document, um, go to LARED, L-A-R-E-D, dot org, and click on the Principles page, and then scroll down to where uh, it says Direction, and click on the two-page PDF. You can follow along with us. Um, David, would you go ahead and uh, read those uh, first couple paragraphs for us, brother? Sure. Thank you. Direction. Direction is primarily for those who want to to go somewhere. We all get somewhere, some unintentionally and others with a planned strategy. To arrive is not the only goal, but also how we travel this path of life and sustain ourselves once we get there. What directions guide our steps? We are going our own way Excuse me, are we going our own way or allowing values and principles to guide us? We have to do what we know is right. An honest heart looks for the truth. If we are honest with ourselves, our Creator can influence us through our circumstances, and we can influence, be influenced by those whose lives are also based on principles. We all need guidance in order to stay on the right path and reach our goals, but we don't become great by being mentored by, by a bad instructor. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, so neither right instructor. Um, what things jump out at you from these first couple of paragraphs almost, brother? Um, I guess that first paragraph um, to arrive is not only to have gold, it's also about the, the travel of the path or 
Yeah, the way we act and our character along the journey are, are more important than um, the result that we get to. And it's such as not the phrase that people use, right? Like, oh, they've arrived. Like, they really made it, that kind of uh, phraseology people use. Yeah, in a way, you could say, um, you know, if we have Christ guiding us, then um, we're always, if we, if we allow Christ to daily guide us, uh, we're always going to arrive where he would have us to be. Yeah, I like those questions that the second paragraph asks. Um, are we going our own way or allowing values and principles to guide us? Um, I think that uh, oftentimes uh, a value or a principle is always guiding us. I think the, even to add to that question is how intentional are we being about um, choosing the values and the principles that guide us? Um, because, you know, if we just go our own way, like what does the Proverbs say? Uh, there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it will lead to death. Um, that's very dangerous. Um, but I think that's a good question to ask ourselves daily. How do we use the principles of the world, of the word, not the world, excuse me, of the word of God um, to guide us? You know, what biblical principles should we apply in our business dealings? Um, you know, between Leviticus and Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, uh, there's tons of instructions for dealing with different situations. So a lot of people don't think about it, but there's a lot of financial instructions in Leviticus as well as Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think that we should be asking ourselves that very regularly, especially with important business decisions. Because um, an actual thing to do is just do whatever we think is right. And, um, you know, Proverbs warns about that big time. I like the thought you brought about about being intentional. I think quite often it's easy to life can accept the float through life without without being intentional. But but directions, you know, being intentional. I thought of in my life as a real key to having positive results. Being being intentional, being specific and focused about what what I do, what I say. Right. Yeah, I agree 100%, brother. Amen. I um, You know, that last sentence of the second paragraph, we all need guidance, um, but we don't become great by being mentored by a bad instructor. I think that we should be very um, intentional in seeking out people who have more skill and ability than us, um, mentors. And a lot of times, I think people, say you go to a church where there's a lot of business people, and you might think to yourself, oh, I'm surrounded by Christian business people. Um, but that's not enough. I mean, you really should seek out relationship with them and, and um, you know, make sure that they operate by godly principles and then ask them to mentor you. You know, be teachable. Ask them how they develop their success. I think sometimes it's very easy with so much information out there today um, between Secrets of the Millionaire Mind and all these different uh, books and courses on success to um, very easily sort of separate your walk with the Lord and um, your business mentors. And for many years, I was very foolish and got most of my business mentorship from lost people. And um, they had a lot of great information, but their worldview, their perspective was coming from a humanistic perspective, usually, you know, do what's best for you. And so um, I think we should be very intentional about 
seeking out talented and skilled um, Christian business mentors whenever they are available in the area that we're working in. And I've found that um, as I've really looked for that, I've, I've found a ton of resources between Lance Wallnow and Antillman and Johnny Enlow, so a lot of books about um, being a Christian in the marketplace. So, yeah, I think we should be really intentional about who we um, allow to instruct us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, before I lost $500,000 in six months, I wish I would have read, you know, Ed Silvoso's Anointed for Business and Upside in Adversity by Oz Hillman and Change Agent by Oz Hillman. You know, lots of different books. I wish I would have read about five or six books. Um, but I appreciated those books all the more because I lost all that money before I found out found them out, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? That was that humbling process was part of what led me to seek the Lord's guidance in my business more. So, um, yeah, let's just really be intentional about the instructor that teaches us. Well, let's jump into the next couple of paragraphs here on page one. Um, only what is moving needs direction. Do we take calculated risks or avoid decisions by hiding? Our plans and intentions need to be evaluated. Faith and confidence comes from the truth in our hearts. If your conscience is condemning you, then you know you are doing something you should not be doing. Those who live a principled life and are led by them will display several characteristics. They are honest with themselves and do what lines up with their values and principles. They are looking for and responding to the truth. The truth creates an atmosphere that generates life, freedom, and prosperity. They accept the direction that values and principles take them because they are confident in them. Hmm. Wow, there's lots of good stuff in those couple of paragraphs. Yes, there is. Um, that third paragraph there, our plans and intentions need to be evaluated. Um, yeah, I had a meeting today with a board of advisors. It was my first one. And by the way, it took me uh, a month and a half to arrange this first, first advisory board meeting. So it took a lot of I've never had to take six weeks to arrange one meeting. That was with four people, um, and, you know, that takes more time to coordinate schedules amongst four people. Uh-huh. But, um, yeah, I, uh, one guy gave me some counsel and asked me some hard questions, and he's like, hey, I really don't see the value proposition here. Like, that needs to be more clearly defined um, before you go and we talk about fundraising strategies, because I was... In my mind, the value proposition was clear, but to my advisors it wasn't. So I really had to go over um, what the value was and what we we're offering our prospective clients. And um, yeah, that was really great. That was really great to get those hard questions, you know. Because at first, um, you know, I guess what I'm saying is we should not only allow our plans and intentions, we should not only evaluate them against the Word of God, but we need to get input from other uh, successful Christian people. Um, about our plans and, um, you know, allow other people to sharpen us. Because having to clearly um, vocalize that to my friend, like he was sort of a little pessimistic on some of the points, um, was really helpful. You know, we thought through and fleshed out what of the three main points, which of those points might be most valuable to our prospective um, client. And, um, you know, that took an hour of a two-hour call to go through that, and it was a very valuable hour. So, um yeah, we really need to be humble and let other people uh, help us, you know, because if they're giving us good input, in that case, that brother was coming from a place of love. He wasn't coming from judgment or anything else. Um, 
you know, I'm going to be marketing something to billionaires, and he's known two billionaires, one of them over 20 years. Um, so that was really, really valuable um, feedback to get from him. So, yeah, I, I think that um, we need to let multiple people evaluate our plans. And obviously, you don't want to sh- put your put your uh, pros before swine. You want to be discerning in who you share your plans with. Um, and I think in our society too much, we don't share our plans with others enough. And so we miss out on the uh, wisdom that could be gained from their input. But I just wanted to share that, something that you know I experienced today. I think that really relates to that. I believe that probably helps help bring more clarity to what you do as well. So. Right, right. Yeah, and um, you know, the sentence right behind that, if your conscience is condemning you, you know you need to do something different. You're not doing something right. Um, I experienced that for a couple of years with one element of my business. One of our um, ways that we raise funding for people stopped working, and we were looking for replacements for that, and um, I just didn't find anything that I felt comfortable with. So we stopped offering that service to to clients. And, um, yeah, it was definitely convicting me. Like, hey, well, I was seeking out other solutions. Like, hey, just, you know, I'm I'm closing this door, so I'm, you know, I'm going to open some other doors. So... Um, at first, I, uh, I I fought against it a little bit. I'm like, man, I've earned a lot of my revenue the last couple of years from this. But the Lord just kept confirming to me over um, multiple weeks that, hey, like, look for something else. And um, as I did that, he opened other doors. So, well, yeah. It's uh, I, when it says your conscience, I always think of the Holy Spirit. You know, like the Holy Spirit will convict us. What makes up out of you from these paragraphs, Dave? These couple of paragraphs. That fourth paragraph, just um, the principled life. Um, mm-hmm. Those a couple of verses, you know, being honest with ourselves, um, responding to truth, and then you know, accept directions and value, you know, the value of the principles. Well, um, you know, being honest with ourselves sometimes it's not always easy because we often tell ourselves things that aren't, aren't true, but just being listening to our, our, you know, our, our consciousness and the Holy Spirit and being honest mm-hmm. with that feedback from it. It's not pleasant feedback, but it, it does when we're honest with that and you know, we got to just say um, to, to us, it will does bring a clarity and bring a... a yeah, some truths are hard to direction. Yeah, when I was reading those, I was like, wow. Uh, I was thinking there's been a lot of times when I got some input from someone and I did not receive it, like I was defensive. <laughs> yeah, so those three things all lined up, you know, honest with yourselves, do what lines up with your values, looking for and responding to the truth. Sometimes we hear the truth and we're not looking for it and we avoid it or we run from it. Um, mm. So, yeah, looking for and responding to the truth, that looking for it takes a lot of humility because um, you might hear some truth that you know that convicts you or that flies against what you're doing already. Um, yeah, and then accepting direction, um, not just seeking direction, but if you get direction that you might not like, actually accepting it and and uh, following it. Yeah, I think that's where discernment is key in that very last sentence. You know, accepting direction that values and principles take them, because you're confident in them. If, if if you have four advisors and two of them tell you something, and two of them tell you something else, well, you you know that's where you need to use discernment to discern um, mm-hmm. 
what are these strategies should I use? Or which route should I go? And um, I think we should patiently utilize this and, and wait on the Lord. Sometimes, you know, people, I, I've struggled with that, and I don't know about you, Dave, but I've struggled with that over the years. You know, I'll wait on the Lord. And I'm like, man, that sounds so boring. Like, what if the Lord doesn't answer for a long time? Like, I want to do something already. I'm a very action-oriented person. Um, and I saw him and taught something that I really liked. He said, look, waiting on the Lord is an active process, like what this program is describing. You're seeking out the truth. You're asking for input. You're asking for advice from other people. You're getting feedback. Um, you know, it can be a very, very active process. Um, so I think this is really getting at trust where biblical values and, and principles are going to take you, uh, even if it takes a while to get clarity on, you know, what you should do in a given situation or what direction you should go um, from time to time. Yeah, so yeah, if you're actually like me and you struggle with waiting um, on the Lord or or receiving direction that maybe you don't like, um, you know, trust, trust, trust that the principles of the word are going to always guide you in the right way. Um, and sometimes the Lord may give you, tell you something to do that doesn't make sense to people. I wonder how many, how many of uh, Abraham's relatives understood when he told them, "Hey, I'm just going to leave. Where are you going? I don't know. I just the Lord told me to leave." Um, sometimes we might get a, a weird calling, and if the Lord keeps calling us. Um, and we know it's the Lord, even if everyone doesn't understand it around us, um, I think that would be the one caveat to, you know, listening to what your all of your advisors say. You know, there have been a couple instances in the Bible where um, it's not recorded that the advisors agreed with what someone did. So, um, yeah, I think the Holy Spirit needs to be our ultimate advisor, and we need to really pray through things and not rush to make sure it's, it's the Holy Spirit that's guiding us and not just us thinking to ourselves that we should do something because really it's something that we want. Um, Dave, would you uh, would you read through the benefits there, those, um, those five benefits, brother? Yep. Benefits. If we are, allow ourselves to be led by principles, we will have the following benefits. We take positive steps. The principles show us the way. Two, freedom from guilt, which takes us takes away our confidence. Guilt not only destroys our edge in business, but also in our lives because we lose our direction and then begin to doubt ourselves. When people see us guided by good principles, they gain confidence in us. Three, we feel feel fulfilled. We know where we are going in life and what we are doing. That produces joy in our lives. We have a goal, and we are truly happy when we reach it. Four, we don't cause difficulties by doing something wrong that will cost us. Sticking to principles will keep us from complicating our lives. Five, it brings great personal growth. The process of life is like going up a set of stairs. We go step by step following the order to go up. If we don't use the principles at each stage of our life, we won't find the next step and we will lose our confidence. We cannot keep going up without a firm foundation on our current and previous steps we have taken. Hmm. 
Yeah, that number five is fascinating how they describe it uh, visually, you know, with the step process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, know, I know in my life I've always kind of wanted to kind of see the, the big picture and get, you know, have the end very clearly in mind. But as I've walked with the Lord quite often, it's, you know, he's showing you the next step that you take that and you may have a sense of where you're going, but kind of like the, with Abraham, Abraham <laughs> obeyed and wasn't totally sure about where, where his destination was, but he knew God would lead him there. And that's been a challenge for me at times, you know, to take that step by step. But as I've done that, God's been faithful to, honestly, you know, because I've got step by step, unfold the next, the next step, the next direction, and make it clear and, you know, through counsel and in my heart what the next step is. So that's, yeah, I do like that step-by-step concept there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like Joseph, I mean, he had that vision of um, the other things of wheat bowing down to his bale of weed, and I forgot the other dream, but they're both similar about him being great. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm sure that when he was in uh, a slave and in prison, there are times where he was wondering, like, Lord, when are you going to fulfill this vision? Like, uh, this, uh, this wasn't part of the vision of being in prison and being a slave. But the Lord was using those incidences to uh, align him and put him in front of the people God wanted in front of him. And, and um, also to hone his character. You know, he stayed faithful to the Lord through all of that, those challenges. Um, yeah, I think that, you know, there are probably times where Joseph was like, okay, Lord, I, I'd love to skip this step and just go to the fulfillment of the vision you gave me. Um, and yet, you know, we need to we need to um, press into the Lord and really learn the lesson that he wants to learn wherever we are um, so that we can have a firmer foundation of, of a stronger faith and a closer walk with him because uh, that's really vital. I think it's more and more vital the more the Lord elevates us. Um, if the Lord would have elevated Joseph to Pharaoh's assistant without those two experiences, um, yeah, I don't think he would have been able to handle that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I someone described it as, you know, if the Lord would have elevated him right away, like he would not have been, he would not have had the character he needed to maintain that post and that, that all that wealth and all those cares of the world would have destroyed him. He thinks he was so didn't care about the things of the world from being a slave and being in prison, that that's who the Lord needed. The Lord needed someone who didn't care about money and stuff, you know, like mm-hmm. someone who was just wholly devoted to the Lord. And so, um, you know, I, I think that that's um, really instructive for us for thinking, hey, we, if we if we have a business idea and we know it can make us a billion dollars, like let us not desire to be a billionaire. Um, or, or if we do desire that, then let's really ask the Lord to make us men and women of character that can handle um, that level of success. Um, the person told me today they knew someone who was, had agreed, um, I think they had decided, like, no matter how much money they made from their business, um, they would only live on $500,000 a year. They wouldn't live on any more. So I think the first year their business did 500000 in net profit, and they paid themselves one fifty. And within a few years, it was doing a, a million, and then they raised their salary to 350, and then it was doing like 1.5 million, 2 million, and they raised their salary to 500,000. And then as the income kept going up, they didn't raise their income any higher than 500,000. Even when the business was doing like almost $4 million a year in sales. 
So imagine that, you know, like they're almost like an inverse Tyler, living on 500 and giving away, um, you know, 3.3 million. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, but then later on, this person didn't have accountability, and they started spending all that money for themselves, and they ended up throwing their marriage away and, and um, getting divorced. And, you know, he's like, man, that guy compromising his principles cost him everything, cost him his relationship with his wife, cost him, you know, his marriage, his, his uh, great relationship with his kids, his testimony to his kids. And um, I think that's really instructive for us as we desire to be great in the kingdom. We need to keep getting input from others and instruction and direction from others um, so that we don't fall. So, um, yeah, that, that, that stair step thing is very powerful. You know, trusting the Lord is taking us through the steps in the order that he needs to, um, that he can be glorified, you know, at each stage in our life. Yeah. yeah, number two was really um, jumped out at me too, benefit number two, um, freedom from guilt. I think a lot of times if, um, it's okay to have guilt. I mean, guilt is, uh, I think, a good thing if the Holy Spirit is convicting us. Um, but I think we should um, realize that we might uh, uh, ask forgiveness from someone and uh, and become to be at peace with them, but there might still be something unresolved and um, with that person, and uh, yeah, I think it's important to differentiate when it comes to guilt between um, the Holy Spirit will always convict you and and uh, pull you to do something, maybe to reach out and look to rectify things with someone, and uh, Satan condemns, so we should really pay attention to the language that we use and that we allow other people to use with us um, in dealing with mistakes, because there's no way to do something great without making a lot of mistakes. And if we want to be great, which I don't think most people on these calls want to do something great with their life, um, we need to realize mistakes will be part of it. So it's always very convicts us. Let's deal with that. And if there's, if there's like condemning words or condemning tone, that's really that does, that's not coming from God. So, um, you know, I think if we listen to the lies of the enemy all day, we could start doubting ourselves too. And so we need to really be careful who we're listening to. Um, you know, is is this feeling of guilt coming from the Lord because he's convicted me and he wants me to make something right with a brother or sister? Or is this feeling coming from because of the fact that I'm listening to the to the enemy's accusations? I think we should really use discernment in um number two there. Yeah, having freedom from that, you know, if we have if we're right with other brethren and we're only listening to what the Lord says about it, which which is great. I think Lance posted that. If you listen to what the Lord says about you, you'll feel good about yourself because he says great things about you. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think that that's, um, that's exciting. But yeah, we shouldn't just slough off any guilty feeling. It might be the Holy Spirit convicting us, hey, you need to go make something right with this brother or sister. So that's key to, that's key to maintaining our confidence. Yeah. Well, let's go into some steps to follow here. Uh, let me go ahead and read these four steps to follow. Um, step number one, we're on page two of the PDF now. Um, be honest with yourself and compare your actions with the principles. In this way, you can be sure your way is based on truth. Uh, I think that they were saying the principles and godly principles. You will not grow and prosper if you are dishonest with yourself because you will not find the right direction for your life. Step number two, research, analyze, and internalize the truth that the universal principles proclaim. 
This process will maintain honesty and clarity in everything you do. During times, number, uh, step number three to follow. During times of difficulty and confusion, use the universal principles like an infallible guide. This will make you confident about outcomes and motivated to continue on your journey. And step number four, when things go wrong or seem to go wrong, keep doing what is right because in the end it will work out and eventually you will achieve your goals and have nothing to hide. Hmm. So that's step number four is very encouraging. We keep doing what the Lord wants us to do and seeking him, things will work out. Anything, any things that jump out at you? Or what jumps out to you, Brother David, from these uh, four steps to follow? Yeah. Of those four, for me, number four, um, and it just it got my attention and all this to this. Going through situations, and sometimes, you know, there's other ways that would try to condemn you, but like when you know you're on the right path, um, even though you everything seems like failure around you and others may even point, you know, bring that out. Um, knowing in your heart um, you're on the right path has been a huge blessing for me um, in a different different situations. Um, you know, uh-huh. Even for like, for, you know, even like going back to Joseph, Joseph knew he was on a path of God's choosing and he could go, to, could go through those prison experiences, all those negative experiences, but because in his heart he knew he was right, he was clear in his heart, he was able to go through them. And a couple different situations I faced, you know, going through, knowing in your heart you're doing the right thing, even though circumstances around you may seem otherwise, you can go through with a clear heart and come out on the other side knowing that you're doing, doing God's purpose. And, you know, God will bring forth his kingdom purpose to it. So, yeah. That's a huge yeah. thing for me. Yeah, and like you were saying, Dave, about Joseph, um, you know, trusting that he was on the right path. I'm sure, like, when we're, if we're seeking the Lord and we're operating by the right principles, there's going to definitely be times where, you know, we're going to be wondering, like, what's going on? Um, you know, like, I'm not seeming to get the result that I should be getting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's felt like that at times. But yeah, I mean, it's great that we can look at his example and how the Lord delivered David through, you know, saw, uh, King Saul hunting him down for a long time, trying to kill him. And, um, you know, they both were given a promise of something great, and then they went through all these trials afterwards. Um, and so, yeah, it's great that we can look back at their example and go, okay, let's stay faithful to the Lord because he will bring to pass path that's what um, what his will is. And if we say this in his will, then, you know, we're going to be able to fulfill his uh, dreams for us, which, you know, are always good. His plans for us are always good and perfect. Um, yeah, number two as well, step number two, um, I think it's really important that we uh, internalize the truth. I mean, in my experience, I've done a lot of research on things and I like analyzing something before I pick a, a path of action to take. Um, but I, I think that um, I can definitely improve in the area of internalizing um, the truth of the word and meditating on it more regularly um, because it's easy to just go back to our old ways of thinking. Like you were saying, Dave, if you grew up with around you know poor people, 
and you never really had any examples of success. Um, or you, you hear rappers say, you know, the only rich people in our neighborhoods are the drug dealers and the pimps. So I looked up to them um, just because they're the only people who, like, had some success. Um, if that's the environment that you grew up in or you didn't have a lot of good examples of godly success, then um, you need to realize our flesh will default to modeling what we've seen. And, um, you know, we've all, we're all living in a sinful world and we're going to see a lot of bad behavior modeled to us. So I think it's really essential that we... Um, when we meditate on and internalize the truth um, of the word and apply it in our work, there's a um, four-stage process. You've heard of it, Dave. Um, there's four phases you go through in any skill set. Like, so you really can't trust your emotions because whenever you're doing something right for the first time, that's going to feel like you're doing it wrong because you just have never done it the right way. But the four steps you go through are um, unconscious incompetence, uh, conscious, uh, um, then this goes to conscious un- incompetence, then you move through conscious competence, and then the last stage is unconscious competence. So, for example, say you're uh, going out and buying $100 of lottery tickets every time you get paid, and that's your investment strategy, right? And you're doing it because your mom did it, and your grandmother did it, and your dad did it, or whoever you grew up with. Um, if you're just doing what people around you did, and you don't even realize it's foolish, that's un- unconscious incompetence. Then if you start reading the word and realize, hey, that's really poor stewardship, and so now you're aware of it. Now you're at a stage of conscious um, incompetence. But as soon as you start um, deciding, I'm going to be wise, I'm going to start saving that money and, and investing into my own business, for example. Um, and whenever you start doing that, and you, it's going to feel weird because you've never done it before. It's going to feel wrong. But at that stage um, where you have it, you're really deciding to do the right thing, um, that's called conscious competence. And then the last stage is, you just invest in yourself and you're not even tempted to buy lottery tickets anymore. It's just you have a new way of life. So, um, yeah, let's allow the Lord to bring us through those four phases in whatever areas that we um, want to grow in or whatever areas the Lord's convicting us in. Um, so, yeah, I've been really actively lately um, deciding and consciously choosing that, hey, I'm a wise steward. I, I seek the Lord. I'm getting guidance for others. So, I'm going to make great decisions with um, funds, you know, in my business. Because in the past, I noticed um, I was unconsciously incompetent in that I was uh, I had an expectation in my in my flesh of there being of that it's normal for there to be conflict in relationships. So if things are going great in relationships, these are all different type, both personal and uh, business, and I would create conflict. Um, and then I became aware of that a couple years ago, and I've really been renewing my mind. Um, and choosing that, hey, it's normal for me to be at peace with others because I operate by the word of God. And, um, you know, so I'm, I'm right now consciously competent in that area, and um, I'm excited to move towards, you know, unconscious competence where I just am a peacemaker without even thinking about it because that's just how I operate. So, um, yeah, I really ask the Lord to show you what's something, what's, some, what's a godly principle or what are some godly principles that you need to uh, internalize more so that you can more consistently make better decisions and uh, be moving in the right direction. Awesome. Uh, well, Dave, will you go ahead, go ahead, brother? Also, number three kind of jumped at me too a little bit because uh, I remember going through times of difficulty and, and confusion. I had a situation where once I felt God calling me into something, and as I was going into it, God really challenged my heart and said, "You know, David, if if you." seem to fail at this and it doesn't go well, you know, you're still going to follow me through it. And I kind of made that commitment to God beforehand. Then when I got into the situation, 
it didn't go nearly like I thought it was going to. But mm-hmm. having that conversation with God beforehand and being very, you know, very clear that I knew I was going into what, being confident, it was difficult. Um, that helped me through it. And, you know, able to come out and have a positive outcome at the end of that journey. So. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's good. That's great that you made that commitment ahead of time and then that really helped you um, deal with, you know, things not turning out the way you thought they would. I appreciate you sharing that, brother. Well, Dave, would you read read these last couple of paragraphs here to conclude this um, topic? Sure. It is important to try to understand why things are the way they are. However, there is also a time when we need to put our trust in our values and in the way we've conducted ourselves. We do this by acting according to the principles and keep moving forward in the direction that we set out ahead of ourselves. This will give us success and stability and make us examples for others to follow. It is not always the easy way, but it is the right way and will prove out in the end. Remember, thoughts produce actions, actions become habits, habits form our character, and character determines our destiny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great summary there. Yeah, that ties in with what you were just saying. Um, you know, there's a time when we need to put our trust in our values and how we've conducted ourselves. Like, if we've done things the right way, even if we're not getting the result we want, keep doing things the right way. Um seems to reinforce, you know, what you had just said uh, a moment ago. Um, yeah, I think, too, if, 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 if the Lord led you in a direction, and um, granted, we need to always be following, the, seeking the Lord's guidance, because we might just go do something that we want to do, and then if it doesn't work out, start saying, Lord, guide me, it's like, hey, there might be some painful consequences to doing what we just wanted to do without seeking the Lord's guidance, or getting his confirmation. But I think if we know that we're doing things properly and ethically and, and we're following biblical principles, um, yeah, I think the middle of that paragraph there, you know, um, act according to the principles and keep moving forward in the direction we've set out um, ahead of ourselves. I think that um, the real key to that is um, asking the Lord for continued confirmation that's what we should do. And if he doesn't give us a confirmation that we should do something else, then we should keep doing, you know, keep doing what the Lord, where he's placed us. Um, I heard a lady give someone really good advice related to that a couple years ago. They were praying and thinking about getting another job, and they were, like, having some challenges and were unhappy about some things in their current job. And the sister in the word counseled them, it's like, you just do your work with excellence and do it to the best of your ability and look for other work, but until the Lord gives you other work, it's like you don't slack off on your current work, and you just prosper where the Lord has planted you. you know, even if you're in a difficult situation, you acting godly in a difficult situation might be the Lord's exact purpose for putting you there. Um, and the Lord's purpose is not for us to be comfortable. The Lord's purpose is for him to be glorified. And, and sometimes that involves us being an honest, being people of high integrity, explaining uh, excellence, even if all the people around us are cutting corners or being doing shoddy work or whatever they're doing. Um, 
So I think we really need to remind ourselves of that and remind each other regularly. The Lord's um, concern is not our comfort. His concern is for himself to be glorified. And um, you know, he very likely is going to allow us to go through many challenging situations um, so that we can choose the right thing to do in the, and for him to be glorified. They say the light the light shines the brightest in a dark place. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard it's a line in a Steve Camp song. I think he said, I want to start a mission a yard from the gates of hell. Um, yeah, that wouldn't be the best, the easiest place to set up shop for sure. So, um, yeah, let's ask for uh, boldness from the Lord. And if he guides us into a, a hot zone with lots of spiritual uh, bullets flying around, he'll protect us. He will be our shield and our strength. Amen. Amen. Mm. Our human nature looks for the comfort side of things rather than the, the best in the impact side. That, you know, or we need to put that aside and serve God and be the God that is asking us, you know, it, it will not be helpful, comfortable for our flesh. So I appreciate sharing about that, but I'm not looking for comfort because it's naturally what we would do, but God always has something greater for us. So, so true. Yes, definitely. And the Lord always wants to take us to a um, higher level. Um, yeah, and I think was, that, uh, you know, that we need to be willing to follow him there. And like it was saying earlier about the steps, you know, we need to be faithful where he's placed us. And then if we pass the spiritual test or a test that he brings us through, then um, he will likely, you know, enlarge our territory and and uh, elevate us, you know, um, send us or, or um, pull us higher up the mountain that he's called us to, and um, we can be more glorified. I thought it was really interesting in the, the, the dream trip, you know, hearing the Congress guy, congre- uh, congressman or state senator from Georgia talking, um, and he said he didn't have a lot. He didn't have like a real big prayer team. He mostly had his inner circle, and some of them were Christian. But I thought that was very fascinating. Um, but I think like to do things at the highest level, it's very wise for us to be really intentional about um, be very intentional about having people pray with us and for us and uh, work alongside us. You know. Um, you know, God's model was always to send the disciples out in pairs. He never sent a disciple out by themselves. Um, so, yeah, we shouldn't think in terms of the mountain climbing, you know, the biblical way of mountain climbing is to climb in pairs with the uh, with those ropes and pulleys to, you know, help each other in case one person slips, the other person can support them and pull them back up. And, um, yeah, it's really vital, I think, that we do that. Um, find always at least one person to climb with you, even if they're just a real dedicated prayer partner. You don't necessarily have to be like, you need a business partner for every single venture you do. Um, but we do need some some support people, some support staff, and some people to um, give us godly counsel and, and pray for us along the way. Um, I just felt like to share that, because I think it's that really, like you were just saying, Dave, it flies against what we would want. I think it flies against American culture or mindset to find a partner before you go do something and um, or get the advice or the counsel or the input of someone else before you go do something. The whole lone cowboy is a very romanticized uh, notion in America and um, it's very foolish. 
if we start doing that. You know, that's how we're going to yep. make a lot of decisions if we do something on our own without having someone come along with it. Yes, two is better than one, and a quarter of three strands is not quickly broken. So if one falls, the other can pick him up. Yep. Yeah, it's easy. Well, let's wrap up, brother, with uh, with the reflect and respond. Um, yeah, when they're talking here about universal principles, I think they're really referring to, like, universal principles of wisdom. Um, so number one, reflect and respond. Think of a situation where you were guided by a universal principle. Number two, have you ever taken a shortcut? What was the result? Were you happy with yourself? Um, and the question number three is, what had you done based on a principle that gave you complete confidence that you were doing the right thing? Yeah, I'd encourage everyone listening, um, take the time to um, fill, think, of, think about that and fill out those other three uh, questions. Um, you know, by yourself, from scale of 1 to 10, are you using godly universal principles of wisdom? Uh, why did you give yourself the rating? What benefit would you obtain by raising your rating? And then the last one, I think the most important, what specific action can you put into place to practice to test the benefits of this principle? I think we should all think about maybe what universal principle of wisdom um, would benefit the most, would benefit us the most if we improved in that area, reacted more wisely in that area, and then really meditate on um, a specific way you can start applying um, that in your endeavors. Um, yeah, I'll share one with you, like with my billionaire club, um, like I'm all ready to raise funding for it and actually. Uh, two of my advisors are very gung-ho about it and excited about it. And uh, one guy even has, you know, a network of um, wealthy Christian people who fund different ventures, come out as funding partners. Um, and then my third advisor, I, we have, uh, I have four advisors total. Maybe I'll, I'll have a fifth one to come on board. Um, he was the one who was asking the questions today. So what I'm thinking of doing is, sharing with, he was only able to come on for an hour as a two-hour call. So in the past, I would have said, hey, you know, if most of the advisors get it and one guy has a little doubt about something or thinks something needs to be clarified, I'll just move forward and hope he uh, comes along or, you know, um, I can get him, quote-unquote, on board with the rest of the team. But I think what I'm going to do is, um, in terms of making sure that my communication is really clear, is, Send him the notes from the second hour of the call today. Um, he was only able to join the first hour, and let him know with what we came up with, what we think the best value of um, the buy proposition of the billionaire club is, and uh, get his feedback. Like, hey, that's I really like that, or that's really clear to me. I think that's a great front end benefit to offer someone. Um, and then once I have his him on board, so to speak, you know, then go and and um, and raise the funding for this venture. So that's definitely not something I've done in the past. Um, but I think that being that this guy, you know, has known, and I did ask him very pointedly too, like, look, you know, you've, you've known two people, one of them 20 plus years. It's like that's literally 0.1% uh, of the billionaires in the world. There's about 2,000 of them. So, <laughs> you know, their experience or your impression that they would not find value in joining this club based upon what we talked about doesn't mean that most of them wouldn't. Now, if he had, if he knew um, 100 billionaires, that would be 5% of their population. 
and almost all of them, you saw common thread that they just wouldn't, they already have this, they don't see that they wouldn't get any value from this. Well, then I would say, hey, that's, you know, an ample sized uh, survey size to base on. Like, I need to, we need to change what we're offering and find and make sure that it will be appealing to them. So, um, you know, granted, his experience is based on only a couple people. But um, I, I think that uh, I want to get his, get him on board, so to speak. Um, there are three benefits of this club and get him on board before I go and raise money for it. So, in essence, I need to let you able to sell the vision to my all four to five of my advisors where they're excited about it and, and trust that that will be a good confirmation that, hey, now I've really honed the messaging and I'm ready to go share this messaging with the marketplace. Awesome. So that's one way I'll apply the principle of uh, patience and trust in your advisors uh, this week. So yeah, think through that yourself and, and uh, write something out. That'll help you a lot. Um, Dave, do you have anything you want to share about the Reflect and Respond uh, section here before we close up? Um, I guess for me, if I wanted to, I think it was just being involved with soccer um, after you know this, this spring season, it, was, it really helped me to get seeing the successes and failures, get a better direction of what I need to do to see the future of our local program develop. Um, you know, being able to that reflecting, internalizing, you know, analyzing, and then putting together, you know, some perspective and a direction for the future to grow the program. So, you know, we're, and I believe that that, that that community program is a door of opportunity. God is looking for me to have an impact in the community um, to live godly principles. So, yeah, it's helped me to get a sense of direction, a sense of purpose, and a path to go ahead um, in the future to see, to see that program develop as well as trust that kind of give me a positive influence in the community through that. So, cool. So you're thinking of using these principles we're starting to help help you develop this community um, community outreach program that you're developing? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yep. Oh, very cool. That's nice. What uh, what kind of outreach are you planning to focus on? Basically, I mean, I, I enjoy soccer, and that's you know, I'm, I work with the community in, in that area of youth, youth soccer. Um, but it's a it's a very practical way of working with the youth. Um, that you know, as they learn soccer skills, um, trusting God to have an impact, and I've seen it already too. You know, in, in their young in their young lives, and even even up with helping parents, um, you know, raise the next generation. Mm -hmm. Looking forward to God continuing to lead and give me direction to have a a great impact in that in that arena. So, wow, that's cool. May it open many doors for you to positively uh, influence the young people in your community. That's exciting, David. Amen. Yep. So. Well, let's close in a prayer. Would you uh, Would you close us in prayer, brother? Sure. Father, we just come to you and we're thankful that um, we have you to be that, that that still small voice at times um, mm -hmm. and to give us the direction um, we need to navigate the, the joys and the challenges of life. So I just ask that you would be with each of us as we've gone through this lesson and all those that would um, listen or um, we'll read it in the future. That you your voice would speak very clearly to them. They'd get to that sense of clarity, 
that sense of purpose and intentionality in their life, they might follow the path that you have for them and not Mm -hmm. um, be uh, deviated by the combination of the enemy or the opinions of men, but to stay focused upon you and see uh, your plan, your purpose for each one of our lives um, through to completion. Um, Just thank you that you are the one that gives us direction and leads us in the ways of life. All that we do. And we ask this in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Well, here, let's close with the, the verse that we started with. Since the Lord is directing our steps, why try to understand everything that happens along the way? Yes, we don't need to understand every little detail, but uh, let us keep um, seeking the Lord's direction as you're just praying, Dave, and uh, trust that he's going to guide us in the right direction. Um, thank you, everyone, for your time, your participation. Again, you're going to get the most out of these studies by um, taking the time to fill out the reflect and respond section of the uh, second page there. So uh, by all means, you can listen to other replays of these calls um, on the same link if you're on the the TalkShoe website. And uh, yes, we hope that you will join us. Um, Whichever platform you saw the invitation to this call, um, please give us your feedback. We always love your feedback on how to make the calls um, more powerful, most impactful in your life. So uh, yeah, we welcome your feedback. And uh, we hope to study with you soon. Uh, thank you so much, Dave, for your uh, great input tonight, brother. I appreciate it. Thank you. God bless. All right, God bless you as well. Bye right for now. Hope to see you next week. Yes. Bye-bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.